for plebs, by plebs, dropping the Bitcoin only signal. Pleb underground. Welcome everyone to the Pleb Underground. Welcome back to Pleb Underground. This is episode 70. Pleb Underground, we've been going for a while. True stamina with a sly little smile. If Bitcoin is speech, we need more elocution. You want wizard heads rolling, you need execution. Can't just flush it away like a morning ablution. More headaches while you wait for the solution. I'm of the opinion it'll all just dissolve. Just zoom out and it won't test your resolve. Maybe your TX won't float in mempool, but you can't let it steal your REM fool. Flooding all around, and now it's even snowing. Snowflakes all around. Wow, some even growing. They keep selling ordinals to sheep in their flock. Unimaginative inscriptions fill the writer's block. Chasing money and dreams, not the girl in the slight of frock. Life more than beige and creams. Orange is the new black rock. More than the exhale, bellow after each dead lift. Raw can never fail like yellow's banana bread grift. Transacting ain't easy, even using lightning. Emotions layer two drive fear and frightening. ETFs launch for more pump and dump. Got a hodl fat like the camel with a hump. Please use multi-sig to avoid the jump. With a $5 wrench attack, your head has got a lump. Some trading strategies will bite you in the rump. DCA, dust pile, fuck that. All in, you can't trump. Life not always light and airy, it's not chocolate mousse. Make tight decisions, can't afford to be loose. Bitcoin is for enemies, even when there's a truce. The black book released, but did he tie his own noose? Home is where you hang your hat, but I don't own a fez. Bitcoin is what you decide, forget what Diamond says. I suggest self-custody, but it's advice not prescriptive. Each time that I write, the quality is scriptive. I hope you all write, don't be a scroller and like her. Better choose right, get a stroller if you like her. Better choose tight, foam roller, not a psyker. Money over height, like our boy, good guy biker. Boom. Absolutely awesome. Welcome back to Pleb Underground, everyone. In case you didn't understand, who is joining us? That's right, we've got... Good guy biker, a.k.a. bad guy scooter. Dude, probably long overdue, I think. I think it's long overdue. Thank you so much for joining us on Pleb Underground. Hey, it's lovely to be here, guys. You know, anytime I can get away from the uh, the mines, stop slaving away, it's always a nice thing. Good excuse. I appreciate it. We appreciate it, man. We appreciate it. And we love your setup. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. But right now, guys, we're diving into the numbers. Yeah, the numbers brought to us by Time Chain Stats and Time Chain Calendar. What do they look like this week, Phil? At the time of this recording, the block height is 825,503. The Bitcoin fiat exchange, 43,625.7574. And it keeps changing. Anyways, public, total public lightning capacity, 4,997. Moscow time, 2292. Fastest feet. Is that right? thought it was much higher this morning. Anyways, 31 sats per V-byte. We got 100 days to the halvening. And what do we got? Chain rewrite days, 657. But you know what? Those numbers... Actually, Walton, first, tell me what you think of those numbers before yeah, we dive into... I want to talk about uh, um, fees, like mempool fees, uh, transaction fees, uh, because, mm. I don't know, maybe maybe the, maybe the shitcoin has run out, run out of money for... Uh all the BRC20 tokens and etc. Because now there's a whole bunch of transactions. I saw a block earlier that went down as low as 23 uh, as sats per V-byte for the lower end. Um, you're getting yeah transactions in the low low 20s and sorry, high 20s and low 30s uh, sats per V-byte going through. So you've got some, I think people consolidating some UTXOs because, I mean, I, I did transaction the other day. I think there's a few people. It's, it's, 
is it going to go you know all the way down to single figures anytime soon probably not but but at, at you know 20 30 sats per v byte it's not prohibitive to to do some consolidation of some smaller utxos um which is a good thing right whereas when it was in the hundreds of sats per v byte it kind of was um if I can yeah. quickly just say here, there's a yeah. lot of narrative lately that like fees are bad for Bitcoin and like people are attacking Bitcoin. And if I just may say thank you for tipping your security guards a little extra right now during the bear market, these miners need to get fucking paid. And when people talk about like doing things to not pay them, I don't know. It seems silly to me. Um, there's been a natural ebb and flow to Bitcoin its entire life cycle. I'm confident at some point in the near future, we will see one V-byte Satoshis again. We have seen one V-byte Satoshis regularly throughout Bitcoin's life cycle, which just for reference is the same fee that Satoshi Nakamoto himself paid on day one. So, you know, things are up, things are down. It's good. We like when the fees go up. We like when activity goes up. We like when the price goes up. Stop whining about it, everybody. You, you say on day one, as far as I'm aware, the first transaction to Druid was not on day one. Um, the first transaction, essentially, yeah. The first it was one V-byte. Uh, one SAP per V-byte. One SAP yeah. V-byte. And, and we see that all the time, still, throughout the cycles, right? During the bear market, we had a ton of that. Even during some of the runs, we saw it dip way down. So... There's just a lot of narrative like fees are bad for Bitcoin, but fees are actually like a primary part of the subsidy of Bitcoin. So it's just, you know, I'm happy that the miners are getting paid. Nobody is better than their incentives. And, and I think that the takeaway from what bad guy Scooter is saying is, guys, we need to zoom out. And this is something that we say here all the time. This is very short term noise. I, I rem you know, I hate to go back to this, but I remember the block size war. I, I remember when BCH forked from Bitcoin. I remember how loud the narratives were, right? Bitcoin was about to die. <laughs> okay. Like, and it was so loud and that, it just wasn't true. It just wasn't true. And speaking of which, speaking of which, we're going to, we're going to switch topics. We're going to go over to, that's right. Everyone's favorite topic of the moment. We're going to take a look at some ETF garbage. I, I mean, some, some ETF news that's inspiring. For the numbers, that's right. We're going to take a look at the ETF stuff because on Twitter, there is such mixed signal. Uh, I keep hearing about uh, $500 billion of volume, $4.6 billion. Da, da, da. Okay. It's all right. So here we go. This is not that number. Okay. This is not that number. Spot Bitcoin ETFs drove over $600 million in one day. Okay, now specifically though, the 11 spot Bitcoin ETFs that started trading Thursday for the first time drew in 625 million in net inflows, right? That's new money. According to preliminary data compiled by BitMEX Research, the Bitwise Bitcoin ETF led with 238 million, indicating strong institutional interest. Following were Fidelity Wise Origin Bitcoin ETF and BlackRock's iShares Bitcoin Trust with 227 million and 111.7 million respectively. Grayscale's GBTC, which has the highest fund fees at 1.5, had 95 million of outflows. So congratulations to the people that that kind of called it on the uh, the Grayscale essentially selling their Bitcoin to the, <laughs> the Bitcoin ETF buyers, because I think that that was kind of one of the things that, you know, it was like, is that going to happen? Oh, yes, it's, it's going to happen. Um, but what do you guys think about, you know, like to me, 600 million? I mean, sure. But when we take a look at Bitcoin's overall, I mean, overall market cap, like even though I know market cap isn't really that big of a metric, but like we're, we're at what? 
right? Like $900 billion, 900, I, at least yesterday we were at like 913 billion. So 600 million, it's like a drop in the bucket. And it seems well, if you're looking at, if you look at uh, Coinbase's OTC desk yesterday, they did $2 billion over the counter in one transaction. So as much as this ETF narrative- In one transaction, you said? In one transaction, a single transaction. Yeah, I think it was $2.1 billion. Um, and it didn't move the market at all. They know what they're doing at those OTC desks. But the point of all of this is, this ETF narrative isn't as strong as people assume it is. I think people are still wise to the fact that paper Bitcoin is in fact not Bitcoin. And so while we're seeing $600 million flow into the ETFs, at the same time, we're seeing you know almost four times that being purchased in a single transaction over the counter as pristine Bitcoin. So I don't think they're pulling the wool over anyone's eyes. My understanding was there was more like four uh, billion um they in, said four point total six. orders, but but yeah, probably um, the two was a single order, yeah, which was crazy. Yeah, but but one one key point is that um, these ETFs had like pre-subscription, right? It, the the, mm -hmm. the the inflows to them um, weren't ever going to be um, the same amount that's then bought spot there and then for, for multiple reasons one, one yeah the, the subscription aspect so these etfs know how much money is going to be coming into them in the first couple of days and so over probably a couple of weeks or maybe even longer they're they're buying up um that bitcoin um and certainly not you know majority not spot majority over like otc desks um uh, and two, like there, there is a, there is a. My understanding is there's a delay between when, yeah. um, when, uh, like the order is made for the for buying an ETF and when the actual ETF has to like change the underlying assets. And so they, even Adam Back seemed confused about this in the in mm -hmm. the um, Kathy Wood spaces. I'm sure many of you um, listened to where you know, Elon Musk, etc. Like it was a. There's a lot of confusion around the ETF. Um, some people, th I think, think they're like fixed investment trusts when they're they're not. They're unit investment trusts, um, so they can expand and contract. You can have, um, you know, you could have four billion dollars of trading volume and actually no increase in the the total like value, right? You could have, you know, two two billion bought, and two billion sold. Right? There's there's a lot a lot of zero. confusion with the numbers. <laughs> Well, and even BlackRock said openly that they to get three percent. What they had said in their open letter was they wanted their portfolio to have th their clients' portfolios to have three percent Bitcoin position, and they had suggested that that was going to take them until uh, mid or late twenty twenty five to accomplish. And that's just reaching out to all those people and 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 essentially selling them on the idea and getting them to accept it. Right. So there's going to be a ton of money that flows into them over the next year, year and a half for sure. But it's it's going to be small amounts every day. I I think yeah, and and to your point, I think you hit the nail on the head for anybody who's paid attention to traditional markets. Okay, like this is not unusual when you have a financial product that comes out or a company that IPOs, right? You have like the obviously they want to sell, right? They want to sell the product as much as they can. So you have that initial influx of what looks like to be a you know, a big pump, but for Bitcoin, it's nothing. I mean, really what we just, this move back up to 48K that we did, like almost 49K, I mean, sure, it was nice, you know, but that's, this was, 
I, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's a nothing burger, and the the truth came of the matter down. is, it came straight down, right? Yeah, it did. The, like the, we lost, we lost all of it. Nine and back to forty six. We're we're at forty three now. We're like at the time of this recording, we're at like forty three and a half. So right, uh, we're and dumped we're, again the day after. Yeah, yeah. I was exactly. the only person on Twitter Spaces saying that we were going to get a pullback. Everybody was talking about how it's ridiculous. I, I was joking. I said we were going to twenty six because the DC. No, no, but. <laughs> I was joking, but yes, of course there's going to be a fucking of course. That's what happens, guys. Is this is this new? Come on, is everybody new all of a sudden? It's it. it you know what? It, okay, that's the point. It's the hopium. It, everybody wants. See, this is that's the issue. Everybody wants to believe the hopium because it feels good, right? Everyone's it, it a crackhead. Yeah, exactly. Everybody's a crackhead, but but the truth is, the truth is, is that it's exactly what you said. The inflows they're going to come in and. Essentially, what's going to happen is that all of a sudden, yes, we are going to see significant moves higher, but it's never a switch. I mean, guys, think of the happening, right? Like, but what happens? We switch blocks and nothing happens. Literally, that's what it months. is. Like, it takes six like, well, months to price in the having. You know? Like, exactly. You know, nothing happens because it's not immediate. The miners aren't all of a sudden feeling a pinch. It's not like all of a sudden, oh, my God, what's going on? <laughs> it's It takes time. They've already have their current cash flows. They've got, the, you know, their expenses, at least Wait, you I mean imagine. miners don't just sell all of their Bitcoin no. spot each block that they earn? That's crazy, man. It's almost like they're, they're like, uh, you know, businesses that are well-established and stuff. I know, it's crazy. It, well, exactly. the good miners. See, this is the point. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say good miners. Yeah, a lot of the miners are pre-selling their Bitcoin because they are they didn't survive the bear market, right? These publicly traded... And because they're companies. loaded up with debt, right? Which 100%. limits and, their ability. Which is insane because I don't know why you would ever not do a privately owned mining company so you, you don't have to deal with investors' interest. And I don't know why you would do it in America either because the regulators... Because you're a fiat-minded like, person. And so in the fiat-minded, we've got to grow as fast as possible. And to do that is is we're going to take on a bunch of debt. It's like say, you've seen this across real estate. Right? Commercial real estate is a prime example of this. And so I this hate it. I hate it. You can shoestring anything in this business. Everything in this space is profitable. Let me just say this right now. If you're mining or consulting or doing any type of business in this space, and you're not making six figures minimum a year, you're you're a moron. And you should go get a job, like, at a fucking office. Like, there's so much money to be made here just helping and benefiting people. And if you can't figure that out, just go work a day job and buy your Bitcoin, right? Stop trying to sell NFTs or whatever. Jesus. And and I just want to I just want to add to that because what you said about the uh, the public companies, right? Like that is a very good point. And essentially what it is is the product, right? Their desire is not actually to mine Bitcoin. Their desire is to raise capital for this business. And right now this business is a hot idea which is more likely to attract unsavvy investors or people willing to take on massive risk. And if I'm not mistaken, are there any publicly traded miners that are actually profitable? I don't, I don't know. I got to go look into that. Yeah, there's there's one or two that still have quite a lot of Bitcoin as well. So okay. the vast majority of them have had, had real problems. And, and when it comes to the publicly traded stuff and the regulators, we talk about OFAC compliance and whitelisting. Mm -hmm. And the government's going to make a lot of these publicly traded companies do that. 
and the one mining operation in America that's that's tried the whitelisted uh, block mining was was twenty six percent as profitable as if they had just normally mined a block. And so the investors instantaneously were like, "Are you guys trying to get sued here?" Like, I, I'm glad that the regulators want you to do something, but this is about money. This is about fiat. So get stop paid. whatever you're doing. And so now you've got the regulators pulling them in one way. You've got the investors pulling them in another way. They're getting sued from both sides. It's insanity. What are these guys thinking? I don't get it. Yeah, I totally agree. And it is. It's just fiat shenanigans. Guys, que let us... Question, oh, go just ahead, briefly, for, for good yeah. guy. So therefore, if the incentives don't seem to align, do you think the people running um, publicly traded Bitcoin companies in the US especially um, are assets of um, spooks, right? Like it, it, Inevitably. Is it, right? Yeah. It's like for, prime for state capture, whether whether by the fact they have too much debt or just because, yeah. No, Walton, you, you hit it right on the nose there for the same reason that I, I like Sailor. But the, for the same reason that Sailor is going to be the Darth Vader to the plebs, because he's going to he's yeah. going to provide OFAC compliance liquidity to the Lightning Network. He's going to take all his Bitcoin and he's going to put it on on Lightning, so Lightning will finally fucking work. And the only condition will be, well, you got to enter your ID number every time you want to use it. Everything's going to have to be registered as a money service provider and the whole thing. And that scares the shit out of me. And mm -hmm. any and he's running the corporate Lightning conference, right? Oh God! And any any company inside America is going to suffer that same that same fate, where essentially they are at at the will of those U.S. regulators, and we see where that's going. But I think most of the smart operations are starting to set up offices abroad and operations abroad. And I think what we will see going forward is just a lot more of that, just a lot more people um, leaving America, probably in the next two years, mostly just due to regulators. And and we've seen this before. We saw everyone leave China. We saw everyone leave Iran. This is just going to keep happening. You know, Michael Saylor's not a spook because trust me, bro. Uh, that that's what I've been told. Anytime I, I like the uh, the few times that I've decided to voice that opinion, I, I I've just been told that you know just trust me, he's not a spook. And you know it's it's spooky. I don't want to get I don't want to get crazy about it. But in the last year, the last two years, the MICA bill in in the EU, yes, we covered is the that. CBDC stuff. That they were able to co-op. They were able to co-op six of the top ten coins, making yep. them government compliant. And that was just one thing. They're like, "Hey, you want to you want to do CBDC coins? Well, guess what? Now you got to do black blacklisting and shit." And so, Avix. Yeah, forty nine percent of Ethereum is now OFAC compliant. That's right. Right. So, but but specifically the Mica stuff with those chains, completely co-opted chains. We we now saw J.P. Morgan buy up because the vast majority of the bankers are assuming that there is not a recession coming. They assume that things are going to be fine. J.P. Morgan, on the other hand kind of assumes the world is coming to an end quite literally and yeah. and 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 this is like my brother Nesbit Burns you know BMO and all this stuff I've got a bunch mm -hmm. of money at the family fund we're talking about this shit all the time and uh ultimately what you're going to see is JP Morgan continue to try and take over more of the space they they were able to get the the send network yep. and Silicon Valley Bank Silvergate a bunch of those they're basically holding Consensus. control yeah, he's holding control of all the um, te technologies and on and off ramps that anyone like Facebook or WhatsApp or PayPal or all those other tech companies were using. He's holding all their accounts now as well, right? So 
in a single year, we saw that happen with the crypto research initiative, the crypto research fund. They're funding all the academia. And so they're funding all the universities and schools mm -hmm. and they're pushing forward consensus tokens, the wokeness, you know, that sick woke behavior we see coming out of academia. Yep. They're moving into government, passing laws that are favorable for these corporations. Same thing we saw happen with Coinbase, right? That guy passed the BitPay license there, made it so basically Coinbase could be the only operator in New York. And then he went and sat on the board of Coinbase for a bunch of money like two months later. So the whole thing is getting so – it's ramping up government control and the psyops. It's so heavy. And I just – I see things like ocean mining – and I see how they're trying to activate filtering of any kind and how they're doing that with venture capitalist subsidy by charging no fees if you're mining filtered blocks versus charging you 2% if you're mining unfiltered blocks. Filtering leads to all of this regulation stuff. It's a very mm -hmm. slippy slope. And so now that venture capital is essentially funds made up of companies that do on-chain analysis, which are doxing plebs for government and corporations, are now investing in mining companies. And those mining companies are subsidizing people to do filtering? Like, that scares the shit out of me, too. Like, this... And people don't seem to care, but this is so slippy. This is such a slippy slope we're seeing from all aspects. We might end up with three or four forks of Bitcoin here in the next year. If this not, not Bitcoin keeps going on, Fed coins coming. We're going to have all the CBDC coins hit on the BRCs. So, like, things are happening fast. Um, and everyone's like, it's an attack and it's an attack. And they're all attacking each other instead of paying attention to the real bad guy, which is the Fed, which is the money printer. and The central bankers. It's always the central yeah, bankers. Yeah. And, and this is actually... Talking about block sizes again, to Walton's point and to your point, right? We're doing the hash wars all over again. And people don't appreciate that that's actually what's going on. Yeah. No, absolutely right. And guys, let us know what you think. Put it in the comments. It's going to wrap up the numbers, and we're going to move it on over to the Fireside Chat. The Fireside Chat is brought to you by BTC Pins. Check them out at btcpins.com. Use the code PLEBUNDERGROUND for 5% off. Awesome Bitcoin themed pins. Yeah, that's right. You know it. I'm going to show you my collection because it is awesome. Guys, 5% off all of these amazing pins and more at btcpins.com. Welcome back, everyone. We are diving into the fireside chat. As you know, our guest, good guy biker, aka bad guy scooter. You take your pick. We don't know which one we have on here. Which one do we have on today? Generally speaking, it's good guy biker, but uh, you know, more and more these days, I've been having fun. You know, I'm 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 feeling like I'm getting sick of waiting for the world to burn. So maybe we pour a little gasoline on that fiat fire and we uh, make this Bitcoin thing happen a little faster. But uh, aside from that, you know, probably probably bad guy scooter is the way to go. Elon, you did this to me. <laughs> this is all. Elon. See, seeing as seeing as we come straight over from numbers, I want to start with uh, the the number zero uh, and specifically the flipper zero. Um, good guy, um, uh, or maybe this is bad boy. Uh, to me, to me, uh, you're uh, you have this some device right called a flipper zero, and you and you you go around doing pranks on people. Is is that is that a uh, you opening garages? 
So I think that's a understatement. I'm going to be posting some videos on what's in a hacker's backpack uh, over the next couple of days on my YouTube is youtube.com slash good guy biker. But yeah, Flipper, the hack RF, the port pack uh, I'm building a bunch of Ponagachis for people right now. Um, these are all like physical security tools. So um, I'm really into like lock picking and hardware hacking and just understanding how things work. Uh, but the Flipper... I guess I have a lock pick set. Oh, I got a bunch in here. I'll show you. I got new toys. I got a bunch of toys for everyone watching to order. That's going to change their world. Sweet. Yeah, the Let's flipper, see it. The, the, the flipper zero, it basically has five antennas in it. And so these things are legal to purchase. They're restricted to certain radio frequencies, but of course, uh, very easily you can install custom firmwares on these. I like, uh, I like rogue masters firmware. Uh, you just type rogue master flipper zero. You'll get his GitHub. Um, and then there's other things you can do, like you can unlock your antennas in here. So you're able to operate on frequencies that aren't legal. Now, I wouldn't necessarily suggest people do that for fun. But if, you know, you ever stopped while you were using this thing, there's a game mode, which essentially locks it into like a Pac-Man machine. And so that, you know, anyone at the airport's just going to assume that it's for playing tank. Um, but it's got infrared. It's got near field NFC. It's got sub gigahertz frequencies. It's got, there's a... Bluetooth built in. There's also a device on here. You can add any Wi-Fi adapter. Um, I've got blasters for it, so I can send infrared through a whole store and turn all the TVs on or off. Or, you know, I put a, whatever I want to watch on at the bar or the airport, or I fuck with all the billboards everywhere. And, you know, I turn on fancy things downtown, turn on, like, lights and stuff. It's, it's a lot of fun. Pr from a practical standpoint, I haven't paid for parking since I owned one of these things. I just I've got a bunch of uh, what you call the okay. Default. Now that 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 makes it interesting. Yeah. Tell us the, the parking. <laughs> Everybody got you get, you get free parking. What, oh. like, like it makes you disabled, and then you're like, uh, you, I can park anywhere now. Or how does it work? Yes. Yeah, so this will do a lot of things, and you can copy all of your own fobs and keys. You know, like if your buddy's got a, a apartment downtown, you can copy his keys so you can park yeah. park at the, the building when you're there. Um, but what I'm talking about is brute force attacking. So you can get you can use this to open up like normal garages because like regular home garages use four bit security or three bit mm -hmm. security. That's speaking. right. And so in about a minute, you can spam all of the keys in that range. Four bits really not big, and so you can brute force send all the signals blah, until one hits. Um, what I do with the parking garages more specifically. I've got three lists of of default keys. So like they're the engineer keys and they're the admin keys and they're the service keys and they're the technician keys and they're you know a lot of times it's like it's all in hex on the on the on the cards on the the fobs or the cards. So mm -hmm. it's like it's like f f f f f f f f f f f f. That's one of the default keys or like a f a f a f a f or zero 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 zero. And that's what the engineers use to get through the gates at the buildings or whatever. That's how the technicians get through. And so I hold it up near the, the parking meter, the get out, and I just let it run through the default keys until it finds it, which normally it finds one of them. And then I just remember that, oh, this garage is, you know, it's the default key for this. And it's like deja vu and open sesame are some of the tool sets that you can get off GitHub that will help you do this. It's just brute force spamming. 
It sounds yeah, like yeah. you guys are a bit backwards on some of the tech. In like in 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 the UK, like they they just they'll video you everywhere, and like Listen, you just they're gonna, oh, they're gonna get charged because your plates you, are on. Like you like, recognize this? Then you're in the UK. You know what that's for? That's those little round circles that you guys use all over the place for security there for getting into buildings. The little round. It's like a little. It looks like a little battery. Like the RFID chip. Yeah. yeah. I can fucking attack any of those with this thing. It's got the prongs on this. This is like brute force entry into everything there. So as backwards as it is, I mean, I could totally fuck the UK up and down too. But I don't. I'm a good guy. But this is good because you can learn how to do things. Now, when you when you hear yeah. about people like stealing cars or when you're talking about like ops, when you're going for that opposition, you need to get some shit that's a little more serious out, okay? And so this right here is called the, um, the Porta Pack H2. And this just does radio frequency, uh, but it does a wide band of it. So this doesn't do the Bluetooth or the infrared. Um, but basically, what this will do is it'll scan all the frequencies around you, and it'll tell you what you've got. Now, I've got a variety oh, of different antennas. Nice. What a lot of people don't appreciate is actually the length of your antenna is generally the frequency that you'll hone into. Mm -hmm. Well, I've got like twelve different antennas and filters and different things. It's the it's actually so it's to do with standing waves. It's um it's pretty basic physics. Like you want the, the antenna is half of the wavelength of the um the electromagnetic wave that it can accept basically. Um, exactly. because then you set up then you set up the um I'm trying to think what it's called like it's the smallest standing wave essentially within within that space. That's going to get you the best. That's going to get you the least interference and the best signal. And so basically, you just tune your frequencies by extending or, or lowering. And I, again, I've got a bunch of specialized antennas for it. But this is the kind of stuff like when you see people jamming or stealing mm -hmm. cars or like if you are fucking with people, this is like the thing. If I wanted to steal your car, I would sit in the car nearby. I would wait till you tried to lock your car as you walked away. Yeah. I would that signal and record what's being done. And I would get six or seven attempts of you trying to hit your lock button or your unlock button. And then I would unjam it. And I would have six or seven working rolling keys for that car. Yeah. Right. So those are the types of, and again, we don't do that type of stuff, but we work as white hat hackers. So it's important. We know how to do these things. Um, and so for this one, there's the unleashed firmware. So if you build yourself one of these or you buy one of these on like AliExpress, the, the hack RF one Porta pack H2, couple hundred bucks comes with a bunch of antennas um you want to put the unleashed firmware on it and that's going to allow you to do all the fun stuff and like it'll ping airplanes and transponders and coast guard and i can watch tv on here i can listen to radio i can do all sorts of stuff so that's you know that's pretty cool too but there's like there's like more practical stuff people can get that i think everybody non-sophisticated unsophisticated plebeians I think they should have stuff like this. So you guys can go on Amazon right now. I don't know. You guys familiar with these things? So these are called cross keys, essentially. Yeah. And these are but, used industrially speaking. But are so these like, for like uh, security devices, like cross keys for like cameras or something like that? Because I know those uh, have special screws. Yeah. So I that, I have that here. And that's something I talk about in my videos. Those are called security bits. Yeah. And everybody should have a security bit set. That's very important. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you could take a whole bathroom apart at a at a com commercial building with a security bit set. <laughs> take a bathroom home with you. 
Um, no, but this is called cross key. So if, if you've ever worked in maintenance or if you've ever mm -hmm. worked in different aspects of security, these are probably familiar. This is what gets you access to water and electrical panels. And this is what allows you to throw switches on battery backups and things like this here. This one here is, is for the servers and for the battery systems and generators. They all use this as a standard key. That is so, awesome. But more importantly, like stuff like this, I have these in my get home bags. These are what allow you to turn on external water on commercial buildings or get through like external doorways. So if you're, if you're in a situation where you need to get some water, uh, you can go up to any general government, commercial uh, infrastructure, get yourself some access. And if you need to borrow some power while you're there, well, you got the key too. So I just, these things, these things are like six bucks. And I keep these in all my bags, in my get home bag, in my oh shit hits the fan bag. I got some of these in my daily carry bag. I love them. I think these are really practical. You'd be surprised how much stuff you can get into with these two. So that's cool. interesting. What else you got there? <laughs> I love this. This is great. We're we're gonna need to have a link to your your channel where you, where you where you show all this because this is oh, this sure. is fantastic stuff. So when quickly, I... you mentioned the security bit. Yes. Now this one you need a license for, but you can buy them yeah. online or you can get them uh, at your hardware store. You might just have to collect the pieces and put them together. Yeah. That's but basically, these have these bolts that are required for different types of security stuff. And ultimately, what you do is you do a little bit of planning. You look at what two or three bolts you're going to need. You bring those with you. And again, easily access, um, you know, uh, where, whatever you need. So that's really surprising. And and like flanges and covering and dividers and uh, those types of things are often using this. So like getting in through windows, getting in through walls, getting in through gates, taking paneling off of fucking warehouses. All of this. <laughs> You'd be surprised. Again, you could take a whole warehouse apart with this goddamn screw set. And people don't appreciate that a lot of times. But, yeah. you know, that's true. But there's one thing that's more practical than a security bit set. Where's he going? <laughs> so these are these are the Kling or Kling, K-L-I-N-G, 40209. These are bolt cutters. Yes. Hardened steel bolt cutters. And so you're not going to be able to cut anything wider than that. But like, again, cut your way out of a fucking warehouse if you yeah. want. Cut your, cut your way into a roof. Cut yourself through a garage. Like, cannot stress enough how serious these things are. And it fits um, in a backpack. Because I, I have another, I have a set of bolt cutters myself. And these things are freaking like, you know, you got to keep them on the outside of your backpack. Because <laughs> they're huge. Oh, yeah. You know, so. Oh, yeah. And I keep one of those in the car, but I mean. Yeah. With no, but that's great for convenience. That's genius. Do you guys ever seen one of these? The silent pockets? Oh, isn't that uh, where it like you can't get any like signal? An RFID blocking. Yeah. You got it. Faraday this, bag. This a, Faraday bag. This is a Faraday bag. This yeah. is a serious one. This one is not a joke. So a lot of the Faraday bags, you test them, you put your phone in them, you try to call it, you try to connect a Bluetooth. Yes. It, it works. It's a bullshit bag. Yeah. These ones, the trick is you go to conferences like Bitcoin conferences or HackerCon, DefCon, Black Hat, and you go up to the vendor village at the end of the at the end of the show, and like no vendors want to take shit home. So this is like 120 retail, oh. and I'm sure the, the I'm sure the cost on it's probably like 20, 30 bucks to build. I gave the guy 25 bucks and he gave me one and said you're welcome, right? So I just always harass vendors at these cool conferences on the last day because nobody wants to take shit home. 
No, that's yeah. right. <laughs> it's so, so true. Harass your vendors. He's giving uh, you life. These are life hacks, right? This is social engineering at this point. Very good job. <laughs> of course, we've got lock pick kits and we've got like yeah. tumbler pick kits. Yeah. There's, so it seems like the point do, do is a... that the oh, own, it's only Bitcoin that can't be hacked. Like everything in the physical everything realm else. can be hacked. Like that, I think that's the lesson learned. This one's my favorite. Have you guys ever seen a, a bolt turner? No. So any, any like store you'd see in a mall or like in a plaza, you basically slip this in the doorway, you turn it, you bring it back onto the actual thumb lock, and you give that thumb lock a little triple spin, Damn. and now you just let yourself into the Walmart after hours, no problem. So uh, this is called a thumb turner. And you'd be surprised. And I could keep going, guys. There's a bunch of stuff here. It's unimportant. Oh, yeah. Okay, so let's let's say I wanted to build some tunnels under a major city. Like, what <laughs> what? Which of these tools would uh would you put in your bag? Or if you want to break into the tunnels, like what what's what's the best uh tunnel hack? So if you're gonna build a tunnel, we can now abstract good information from the current ongoing wars. So you know bunker busters that America's using is thought to be about 130 feet deep, but we now have evidence that they've been bunker busting tunnels as far as 150 feet deep. So first point of interest, if you are gonna build a bunker, I think you're a goofy little fuck if it's not at least 150 feet deep because they'll just fucking bunker bust your ass. So like stop it. So first step. 150 feet down. Otherwise, it's not a bunker. It's just a fucking man cave. Okay? And I mean that. I mean that. I don't... All these guys putting... Oh, you yeah, guys... Of course. Are like I can 10 see feet that down. from radar. Yeah, it's not... That doesn't <laughs> count. I can ping that from the low Earth orbit satellites, guys. That doesn't count. That's not secret. It's not a bunker. So, yeah. That's all bullshit. You know, you start at 150 feet, and I'll take you seriously. But if I want to go after someone's bunker, um, what you want to do is you want to find, like, the venting right so you physically monitor the area probably easiest with something like a drone you can make up a lot of a lot of ground very quickly try to find where the exhaust and intakes are and just block that shit up it's it's no different than um than kings in their castles right how, how did you how did you fuck with people in castle back in the day what was the what was the move you 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 starved them out right you sat outside the gates siege that's right but you you didn't let them get the food. You didn't let them go to the fields. You, they they sat inside and waited. And if I was going to do that, I would start fires near your intakes. I would barricade up your main entrance. And I would make things really, really, really bad for you inside uh, until you had to come out and see me. So I wouldn't even need tools. I would just need a lighter and some brush. And we're going to get you out of there real quick. I promise. That's some MacGyver shit right there. That's a, straight up. I don't even need tools. <laughs> oh God. Absolutely awesome, man. That this is, this is amazing. I, I definitely, we're going to need the link to, to your channel so that, you know, we can see all, all the good stuff because that, I mean, I'm interested. I, I love the whole flipper zero thing. I love how you explained it. Thank you very much guys. Let us know what you think. Put it in the comments. This wraps up our fireside chat with good guy biker, AKA bad guy scooter or reverse i don't know and we're gonna move it on over to wrecked wrecked is brought to you by cyphersafe check them out at cyphersafe.io dependable virtually indestructible seed plate that's right you've got to back up your seed and you need to make sure you use something that can't just disintegrate and fall apart 
check out the seed plates at cyphersafe.io. It also comes with this awesome little punch tool. Awesome Bitcoin art made by a fellow Bitcoiner at CypherSafe. Check out the Bitcoin Rollo Triangle, 16 ounces of solid titanium. Check it out at cyphersafe.io. That is the Bitcoin Rollo Triangle. Welcome back, everyone. So it's not news that the, BT, the Bitcoin ETFs uh, got approved. Everybody knows that. But I think what is really important is the amount of cope, the amount of cope that we saw come out of politicians about the ETF. So we're going to start off. We're going to start off first. Not everybody's a politician, but still, still, it's just nice to see the, uh, it's just nice to see the cope. So here we go. Um, yeah. So we've got Diana B. All right. And what she said was an exchange traded fund whose price is pegged to, and this is great. This is, this is some of my favorite stuff because these people are extremely educated, but yet they don't do any research on Bitcoin. It's pegged to an opaque, easily manipulated spot market. What could possibly go wrong? Apparently, Diana is not aware that Bitcoin is a public ledger. So anyways, it's, it's ridiculous. All right, moving on, moving on. We had the, the new scientist, okay, which as Bitpain pointed out here, Check this out. Oh my God, they posted their shit propaganda a third time. And that's right. All this week, New Scientist has been posting the same debunked thing uh, about Bitcoin's electricity usage worldwide. <laughs> and it keeps getting debunked. So lots of cope. We like to see it. But wait, there's more cope. Here we go. We've got Hillary Allen, who right after the Bitcoin ETF was approved, freaked out and was very disappointed to see the SEC approve exchange-traded Bitcoin products for retail investors. Everyday investors will be harmed. Crypto will be brought closer to the core of our financial system. And for what? Because right now, guys, right now, don't pay attention to the fact that there was a dot-com bubble and bust. Don't pay attention to the fact that there was the 2008 mortgage crisis, the 1987 stock market crash. Don't pay attention to any of the regular bull boom bust cycles that this system inherently creates, okay, as a result of the way that it works. That doesn't matter because guess what? Bitcoin is going to harm our financial system, okay? The fact that the government can't control it, right? Like the, the fact that they can't create more of it or use it to fund their wars infinitely, that, that's going to break society. Anyways, anyways, let's continue on. And of course, right, everybody saw, I mean, I'm not going to say it's disappointing news. I couldn't give a shit whether Vanguard offers ETF products or not, but I thought it was really funny that right away there was a statement made and here we go. Vanguard and Merrill Lynch skip Bitcoin ETFs, right? So Vanguard, one of the largest asset managers in the world, made its stance clear even before regulatory approval. The firm stated that it has no intention to offer spot Bitcoin ETF or any other crypto related products, citing a weak investment case for digital assets. Company highlighted that unlike traditional stocks and bonds, most cryptocurrencies lack intrinsic economic value and generate no cash flows. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't disagree. Um, there, there's no, there is no intrinsic value, so to speak, uh, and it doesn't generate cash flow, but that's not Bitcoin's value proposition. So, hey, Stay out of the game. I don't think it really matters. Another point of view um, could also be that maybe they're going to change their tune when 
they see some of their bigger customers walk out the door or some of their bigger customers maybe put pressure on them. Who knows? Either way, the cope keeps on. What's up, Walton? Dive in. So Van Vanguard um, are, are pretty well known for basically running the cheapest index funds um, for equities, right? Um, um, I don't think they care because most of their customers are too stupid to actually um and too inactive to act to actually to actually move anything right like um they the people still investing in index funds are, are buying this this lie well there's multiple lies one is that like diversification is how you um make money um and two is that actually investing in index funds is diversification um neither are really all that true uh and so I just think, like, yeah, they're, they're maybe maybe Vanguard are, are scared, but I, I actually don't really think that that the people buying these things are really going to move their money because they're just they're they just not to. that not that interested and not that educated to to make these decisions, and that's why they put their money in an index fund. It's not just that uh, a, a lot of these boomers, a lot of these bankers, a lot of these these uh, these generationally wealthy people. They're gonna miss Bitcoin entirely. That's the real oh, yeah. edge for plebs, because they don't they don't they don't think they need to, because while people are feeling the pressure of inflation and you know um, skimpflation at the grocery store and all the other things that are going on, uh, they're pulling all their levers, moving silver around warehouses on the books, doing whatever they're doing, and they're making billions of dollars. So all of those guys are gonna miss Bitcoin entirely. They're going. It's not even gonna hit their radar. And we're all going to get Bitcoin before them. And when that money finally gets passed down generationally to the next person, they're all going to come rolling in behind That's us. That's right. Because all, because the largest transfer of generational wealth is coming, folks. And it's not in the form of cash or stocks. It's actually in the form of companies. The vast majority of the income that exists that's being transferred is coming from businesses. And so the young people will be taking over these businesses and they will either be not interested in those businesses or right. due to the rapid pace of change, those businesses aren't going to keep up. And eventually that money will find itself into the free market. And a lot of those younger people, in my assumption, are going to move towards things like Bitcoin. Yep. Um, but we're all going to have a we all have probably four or five years at least to front run all of those guys. They're not going to get it anytime soon because they don't have to. No, I totally agree. Absolutely agreed. All right. So. Maybe we're going to, Walton, we might have to start a new segment where we might have to call it cope uh, because this next, this next part to rect is just, this is going to get ugly. So get ready. David Bailey. Oh, everybody's here to save Bitcoin. Is that what you're talking about? Everybody's here to save it all at once. We're in trouble. Oh yeah. Let's get into it. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. This is uh yeah, this is going to get, uh, so look. After the ETF approval, I had to retweet this, um, and and I, I was polite. I, I believe I was polite, right? I just said, no, the best way to own Bitcoin will always be to self-custody. And who was I answering to? Um, or who I should say, who was I retweeting? That's right. I was retweeting Bitcoin Tina. And here we go. Owning and trading the Bitcoin ETF will be the best way to own Bitcoin. This is this is what bothered me right here, that that specific word in this in this context. Have some for self-custody for emergencies, but own and trade the ETFs if you really want to make big money owning Bitcoin and using call and put options to magnify your earnings power. 
This is 100x better than physical Bitcoin. That assumption rests on the idea that the ETFs will be marginable. What has happened? I had Tina... Tina was a, a a friend of mine, I would say, for many. Dude, years. I remember the first time I came on 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 Clubhouse, I got like tore up by Tina, like, and I asked, like, you know, not a bad question. He he made a bit, you know, point about, oh, I was, you know, time is money, and like, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta have like focused questions. It, it was a good point, but like, dude, this guy's gone from being like fiery and half smart to just like. Uh, I don't know, an advert for better Alzheimer's medication. Like, like oh, what right? the hell's happened to Tina, man? Oh, it's so fucked up. So he used to reach out to me personally for, like, security advice, and a bunch of them were being stalked by some bad guys at one of the conferences, and they all reached out to me, and I got them into some... I told them what to do. They all went and bought Faraday bags. A guy was following them around with something called a Stingray. It, it connects to your cell phones. It reroutes your... It's, they were trying to steal money from people at the Bitcoin conference. It wasn't working well because most Bitcoiners don't leave their money on their phones. So they went to that crypto experience concert, uh, conference <laughs> and fucked like like a bunch of people had their phones. Of sweating, course. Right. <laughs> but so Tina, Tina, to, to, to Walton's point, was always half smart. Right. But the last really scary interaction I had with Tina was probably like a year ago when he had been he was talking about how he took all of his wife's money and invested into Bitcoin. And I think that was at like like forty eight, fifty six thousand dollars, something quite high. And um, he was talking about how he had to sell all of that Bitcoin off at twenty three thousand dollars to save his marriage, essentially, because she was upset that the investment had halved. And so now we understand what happens. So, so right. And I, I, this is personal, but we have to appreciate that what's going on with Tina, because I don't understand. No. Um, the last thing I heard was him talking about buying Google and Amazon stocks instead of Bitcoin. And I started ripping him an asshole. And then he started getting into the whole um, the mind virus. He's been so political. He's been going on about all these different things going. He's been all about the current movement. And it's funny because Ukraine didn't get him right. Like all the woke shit didn't get him. But this this Hamas Israel stuff got him. It, 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 it fucking mind virus him. It is. And now he's talking drivel exclusively. Everything out of this guy's mouth is nonsensical. He's blocked me. He's blocked most other people in the space. And what I charge people $150 an hour for, I've I've helped this guy on a dozen occasions with like legitimate concerns. When NVK wasn't giving him an answer why his cold card wasn't working, I was the fucking one that reached out, got on the phone and helped this guy. And like... To see people go from good intent, wanting to help people, to selling people bullshit, it's just, it's so sad. And yeah. it's, to your point, Walton, it's got to be like mental health or Alzheimer's. It just seems nonsensical now. Or somebody also said he could be bought and paid for. Somebody said he could be bought and paid for. Or he's just um, getting he old broke. and he he has the wrong time preference. Like if you're in your what, like mid to late sixties and um you know, you're retired and you your wife wants a better life and you kinda meant to give it to her. Uh you know what you what know. what are you gonna do? Like I think this guy just, just timed it all wrong. Um, and then decided there is another alternative. Um, that's pretty much it. <laughs> there is another alternative, but there isn't. Um, that also kind of raises the point, and it could be a point of contention. But uh, you know, if uh, if you're married, uh, your stacks should be separate. 
You know what I mean? So if she wants to go and do something like that, then sell it by all means, go ahead, wreck yourself, but we're not going to go and change our entire financial future because you're skittish on something like that's anyways, that, that, that's Sound a whole... like you're saying there's 21 million Bitcoin Phil, but a lot more women. <laughs> that's kind of sounds like that, huh? Wait, wait, but are no, we getting girlfriends or are we not getting girlfriends? I'm well, I'm now. married, so I'm <laughs> getting a girlfriend. <laughs> I, I'm married and, and we have separate stacks. So there you go. I mean, go. dude, you've got a lava lamp in Happy your marriage. office. So I bet the girls are like all over you. Oh, yeah. yeah. My, my two-year-old can't get enough of me these days. <laughs> I told my wife I'd never sleep with another woman and she walked in on me sleeping with my daughter the other day. And that was, uh, <laughs> ooh, no. Yeah, you know what? There's a lot of that right now. The bear market, I'm sure you can speak to this, but there's been a lot of cope. We're seeing a lot of people that were educators. You know, there's two kinds of people in this space. There's someone that's trying to educate you. And these are like professors. These are and, and you can tell these people. Oh, yeah. They have particular perspectives and they're sharing those. But then there's people that are marketing to you. And the vast majority of things I'm hearing right now from guys like David, from guys like uh, the guys at Bitcoin Magazine, from all the CTV activation stuff, from all the guys at Oath. Like, it's all marketing. We're being marketed to. Just hot bullshit. And, you, you know, to your point, Tina might be bought and paid for. That might be a real thing. It could be. It, it very well could be. I mean, look, he has a massive following. But anyways, to your point, right, about David... All right, we're going to pull this up here. It's okay. BTC Mag hates us anyway, so let's uh, let's listen to this. This is uh, captured by uh, by Richard Dick Whitman. Uh, it's a space, and uh, David Bailey was Friend speaking. Friend of the show. Friend of the show, that's right. And this was a retweet by Fractal Encrypt, and here we go. BSVers have more heart than any Bitcoiner I've ever met. <laughs> I can't even. Let's just listen to this train wreck. That are actually like have this build stuff mentality, even though they're living out of their fucking uh, car, is fucking these, uh, the the big block scene of people. Like I've met, I've I've basically n- never met anyone from the BSV. I just like kind of instantly just, just discredit them. And now I've met like a handful of people from it over the past six months. And dude, it's like, it's the type of person who tries to build shit when number only goes down. It's like a weird type of person. But, dude, I actually find, at least in these cases of these people, like more hardness than fucking almost anyone I meet in Bitcoin, who's really just like uh, uh, like uh, ideological zeal rather than like someone who, I don't know, is trying to take the, the, the cause into their own hands. Oh, make it stop. It hurts my brain. Like, the logic dude, hurts my brain. Oh. I, is, is that not is that not the most so first of all, first of all, let, let's back up. Okay. I don't know what hardiness is. Okay. I don't even know if that's a word. I'm um, sure it is somewhat. Uh, but but the other piece to this, right? They only build when number goes down. So why isn't BSV and why isn't BCH? Why haven't they overtaken Bitcoin? If if everybody's so building and it's so amazing because it's fucking bullshit, okay? And I just want to add, uh, David and his co-founder of, of Bitcoin Magazine, they also have a venture fund where they've built ordinal wallets and they also shill, they also shill ordinals, which is also unfortunately completely dominated by BSVers and BCHers that you know pretty much have nothing else to do because let's be honest, nobody uses their shit chains. 
Okay. And these people just sit there and pretend. So when I hear somebody of that has that much of a following go into a space and spout absolute garbage like that, that is just, and I don't feel insulted by what he thinks because his thought is honestly completely skewed and we're all entitled to our opinions. But we I think that, I think that reality goes against his narrative. <laughs> We have to remember this is the guy that that lost a hundred Bitcoin with three AC. And when I when I confronted him about this in spaces, um, he, he I mean it, clearly in his head he was he was flexing by revealing this next part. Uh, but to me, just revealed even greater stupidity was no it, yeah okay he did lose a hundred Bitcoin, but he'd given them a thousand Bitcoin and he got nine hundred back. So uh, you know. Uh, Unfortunately, there's a whole bunch of people that were just early to Bitcoin that are just really fucking stupid or just like like the most supercharged midwits that have ever existed. Now, some of these people really want to try and do good. What's up, Brad Mills? But some of these people like, ah, uh, like just, I don't know. Is it just like they're just trying to make up for like receding hairlines and stuff and it's just not going to work, is it, David? I think people are panicking. It's you know this is people yes. not having enough money. That's what this is more than anything else. If you don't have enough money at home to tell marketing and and all these opportunities to fuck off, then you probably have a lot less money than you think. Um, and the yeah. comment that the best developers work on things that go down is absolutely ignorant. I've been in this space even before it was a Bitcoin space, the peer to peer space. You know the the IRC chat rooms. Like I've been in this stuff since the fucking 90s. And let me tell you something about developers in Bitcoin, and let me tell you about some things about developer in the open source spaces in general. You know what these guys don't give a shit about? Is fucking money. They don't care if the price goes up or down. That's right. They're trying to solve problems. They get off staying up all weekend writing code that does something that doesn't happen yet. They make yep. things come into existence. That is what they get off on. And it is so hard to get these best, these really good developers at companies like Google, at companies like Microsoft, because they don't give a shit about the corporate life. They don't give a shit about a six or seven salary income. They just want to sit and do whatever the fuck they find interesting. They are unmotivated by money. And if I told you that some of the best developers in the space didn't even have cryptocurrency, you wouldn't believe me. But I would be 100% right. Yeah, 100% right. Well said. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well said. I mean, and, and it is, it's, it's completely different when you're, when you're building like that, you know, and, and I think that it's interesting, right? Because guys like, like David Bailey, I'm kind of surprised that they don't realize that, right? Like, I mean, think about it, Bitcoin. I, I mean, okay. So it, it could be argued, right? But let's be honest, all the work that was done, right? From, from back in the nineties and the eighties and all of this cryptographical work that has been done up until for the most part has been the desire to solve the impending problem that is going to be huge. So yeah, you know, like they, they don't really care about it. But the other piece that I just want to add specifically is that he said that BSV developers, okay, <laughs> that's, that's the kicker for me. Like, what are they, what what are they developing exactly? I, I just saw today there was a, a Twitter account that was made for a BSV chatbot. What the fuck does that chatbot do? It pretends to be it pretends to be Bitcoin. Exactly, it does pretend to be Bitcoin. But this is my point. Like, what are these innovations that he's talking about? 
I'm not seeing this. I don't consider any of this innovations. And none of it's new. All this stuff could no. be done with multi-sig, all this, all this CTV stuff. Like, all this stuff can already be accomplished. There's a reason people are trying to push forward these things. There's a reason that block size is a narrative. There's a reason that fees are a narrative. There's a reason that Samurai Wallet is talking about how filtering is bad. Like, there is the war has started. And if you step back and look at this thing from 20,000 feet, it seems like David and a lot of other people are trying to focus on block size very, yeah. very much. And I feel very openly that between a couple of these mining pools, between guys like Udi and between guys like David, there's there's conversations going on in the background working towards forking this shit. I really do think that there is people on both sides of these arguments working together towards block size wars. What's the so let me ask you this uh, before we wrap up. What's what's the wrecked angle on this that that nobody's seeing? Well, anybody that buys pictures or banks on these bullshit chains is going to is going to lose all their money. Just like everybody that put all their hash or their financial interest into Bcash is out massively because of it. Anyone that's putting their interest into Bitcoin knots, anyone that's putting their interest into filtering, anyone that's putting their interest in this template bullshit, they are going to be less profitable. They are going to get wrecked. That's just the bottom line. Has the World Economic Forum infiltrated Bitcoin? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So that's the one warning. I've been building Faraday buckets for all my friends and family members. I gave the guys at the gun store radios. I gave my buddy who makes his own bullets radios. Basically, Soros and the World Economic Forum. I got the shirt on. It's <laughs> awesome. We are economically fucked, it says. And, and you know what? This is the shirt that more people talk to me. Like little Japanese girls will be like staring at me for five minutes and eventually they'll work up the nerve to run over. You mean because they're the same height? Yeah. And it's always like uh, nice shirt, nice shirt. And I've had I've had adults at the playground get upset with me because they thought it was a real WEF shirt, right? They didn't actually look at it and they're like, Oh, you like WEF? I'm like, bro, you support the these shirt. people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So Soros and these guys, you know, I'm in Canada and Justin Trudeau is just a patsy to the WEF. And we're oh, doing yeah. the 15-minute city stuff here. We're doing mm -hmm. the totalitarian. We're passing all the laws about guns and about freedom of speech. And it's getting scary here. They shut down a bunch of people's bank accounts. But Klaus, Klaus, you know, he warned us the COVID was coming and the COVID is serious and the COVID is not something to joke about. And the COVID will be a great opportunity for us to move our intentions forward. <laughs> and Klaus has been talking about one thing a lot lately. He's been talking about the cyber attacks. He's been saying the cyber attacks on the power infrastructure will make the COVID look like a weekend vacation. You know, many months of no power, martial law and lockdown in your homes. This is coming and this will be very good for our intentions and our platforms. The, yes, yes, the power outage. And so I just want to summarize. These guys have been talking about power outages. That new Obama pr produced film on Netflix. Yep. The stuff about the they're signaling going on in the community at large that we are going to have an extended period of power outage. There's a lot of bullshit out there, but for a normal person, a normal family, I think the most important thing you can have is make yourself a Faraday bucket or a Faraday box, a metal box, 
keep some stuff sealed in it, ground that box. It's easy to accomplish. I'm going to put up a video on how to turn old ammo cans or just plain metal buckets from the hardware store into Faraday buckets. Cool. Put, put an inverter, put some charging devices in there, put some battery packs in there, and put some radios in there. If there is an EMP, a solar flare, there's a nuclear missile launched above 16 kilometers over North America where we can't interface with it. We can, If it comes below 16K, we can stop it. But if it, they, they launch it suborbital, if a sub off our coast launches a nuke and hits suborbital, um, and there is missing nukes out there right now. There's, there's three unspoken for nukes that the community is mm. at trying to find. This is part of the Iranian stuff right now. There's nukes in Iran that are floating around. Um, there's going to be a power outage. And most cars, for example, will be abandoned all over the place because those cars will no longer yeah. function. Any cars out like an then, EMP sort of thing? Yeah, or power outage in general, right? So power out, the pumps aren't going to work. You're not going to be able to fill your car with gas. So if you have extended power outs, what's the safest thing for you to do in your family? Well, on day one, you go out and you collect car batteries from abandoned cars. People will leave their cars where they are and they will go many, many far distances back to where they want to be. So just go find the abandoned cars, borrow 12, 14 car batteries, take those back to your home, use that inverter that you've left in that Faraday bucket. Those Welcome car batteries, the simple electronics, you can mm. now run kettles, you can now boil water, you can now it's use... It's like a, you mean a DC-AC converter, converter, essentially? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And they're like 30 bucks on Amazon. You go get them at your hardware store. You want to have the alligator clips on them so you can clip onto the car batteries. Yeah. What you want to do then is close the curtains, keep your family inside, and wait it out. If you've got enough food, you make yourself... Lots of good things to eat. You let the kids play fucking Nintendo. You read a couple books. You come out of it like nothing happened. You don't want to be the guy kicking in I feel doors. Like I saw that show on Netflix. Oh, for sure. You don't want to be fucking with government workers. You don't want to be going toe to toe with uh, other other marauders. You want to stay locked in and throw yeah. some shit on your front lawn. Look, make it look like the place has been raided, and just lock down that's the smartest thing you can do for your family car batteries inverters and ham radios my guys this is important if there's going to be can we talk about the incentives just for a minute like what what, what who benefits from from this like this is this is to, to introduce what chaos chaos um insurance companies corporations um any 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 resources go up after that any toilet paper that's sitting in a warehouse when shit hits the fan, that toilet paper goes up 10x, right? Yep. Like everything sitting landed in a warehouse when shit hits the fan multiplies in value. You, you, the oil, gas will never be less than three bucks ever again when this shit happens, right? Like that's what's going to happen. They're going to economically, from chaos comes opportunity. That's right. This, from this chaos is comes how many of those people think. Wait, like George Soros, like that's that's how he makes his money? Hey, you know what? I've been getting on to it. When I heard about COVID before anybody had heard about COVID, I landed 400,000 3M masks in November. Mm -hmm. And I had them all sold in January before it was illegal to sell that stuff. Right? Like, I, I made more money during COVID just selling sneakers and stuff from the mall to strangers on Facebook than I ever made in the Bitcoin space. Like, it's incredible. The offer. I was buying patio heaters from Home Depot for 240 bucks mm -hmm. and sell them to $800 to contractors 
they were shaking my hand and thanking me. And then they were selling them to restaurants who were now allowed to put their 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 restaurants outside. They weren't allowed to eat them. outside, right? right? Oh, they, yeah, they, yeah. they fast forward all those city bylaws. So then and then they were shaking the contractor's hands, paying fourteen hundred dollars, saying, thank you for letting me get back to business. Everybody was happy. And I was hand over fist profiting. And all I did was pay some guy at the Home Depot 100 bucks to call me anytime the fucking thing showed up at the warehouse. Like, it's not hard to do this stuff, folks. People, if you are broke, it is your own fucking fault. In 2024, it is so easy to make money. If you are not making money, you are a loser. Get your shit together. Seriously. Very well said. Very well said. And that's an awesome way to wrap up the wreck segment. Guys, let us know what you think. Put it in the comments. And we are going to move it on over to the Hopium. The Hopium. Up next, we have Hopium sponsored by Represent. Represent are a Bitcoin-owned clothing and accessories brand based in the United States of America. They make excellent pieces like this limited edition shirt that I'm wearing. Uh... You can't buy this, but you can buy something nearly as cool. If you go over to representltd.com and if you use the code plebunderground, you can get a discount on all of the goodies. Once again, that's representltd.com. Uh, so, so the first hopium uh, is a is a tweet from Uncle Barry, uh, Barry Silbert, uh, who said weak equals big. Now, to to me, uh, Barry um, is is the Jim Cramer of the crypto world. Um, and when when Barry says the week is going to be big, um, it is is not a good indicator. Um, like to to me, Barry tells the most truth by by telling you the opposite of what's going to happen. Um, pretty pretty damn consistently. Um, yeah. So the the ETF was was they were they were ac uh, accepted, which didn't mean approved, uh, and then they were approved, right? And they started trading. Uh, on Thursday the 11th and we saw you know a, a a big jump right and then and then it it came down again but that wasn't that wasn't enough to um dissuade uh Adam back from thinking that that we could even have a, a new all-time high yesterday uh <sighs> but that, that that really that really wasn't the case right in fairness he did say he did say, okay, it might be more gradual, right? Um, but then it's confusing, right? Because because today uh, we then have the the actual the actual Jim Cramer um, saying that the, there's a major top in Bitcoin. So and, and like I said, Jim Jim Cramer is uh, the Barry Silver of the fiat world. So like if if he's saying there's a top in bitcoin then maybe actually like we're going to be going a lot higher so we've got some we've got some mixed signals going on here um and then we have like trad tradfi companies adopting our memes right like this is this is frank franklin templeton a big big asset manager now have laser eyes so what the hell's going on guys like are we are we are we going to the moon it, like we're, we're down would but we're down again today like what's happening like the one of the etf issuers um uh, 20, 21 shares but it's the it's the it's the etf for uh for arc invest that's kathy wood she's saying she's got a lot of bitcoins 25 percent of her net worth so there's all these mixed signals coming from tradfi 
Wait, where where are we going? Is it is any of it relevant? Um, personally, I think you should just keep on stacking sats and, and and ignore a lot of the noise. But but there's a lot of noise, guys, huh? So look, uh, before yeah, uh, good guy. Before before you dive into it, I, I just I have to say this piece about Jim Cramer because I did you know not professionally as an amateur. I bought and sold shares for many years before I got into Bitcoin, and Jim Cramer is an excellent cheerleader for Wall Street. But a lot of people don't realize, right, where he where he comes from, right? He is a trader, right? He's not just an entertainer, okay? He comes from Goldman Sachs. So if you think for a – like if anybody thinks for a second that this guy is somehow trying to help the retail investor, um, I, I can cite multiple examples where he, he you know, brought investors – like lambs to the slaughter, metaphorically. He did that with Sears, okay? He did that with the Sears company by touting Eddie Lampert, right? Eddie Lampert was the CEO, and he said, do you want to get in on the next Berkshire Hathaway? Well, you could be buying Sears at less than $200. Well, guess what? You were able to get Sears at less than eight bucks like five years later, so there you go, okay? Like, that was an awful, awful trade. He fleeced the hell out of them for his friend. That's my personal opinion. He also led because he's supposed to be the guy that helps retail investors, he led retail investors from the most massive gains to be made from MasterCard and Visa. And I know this has nothing to do with Bitcoin, but my point is that's what he does. He is a Wall Street cheerleader. So what he does is he helps his friends load up their bags. That's what he does. So the fact that he said this today, you know what? Like, yeah, I think he's the reverse indicator. And I think... You know what? I, I just think he sucks. Good for him that he can, you know, rent seek and get paid for being such a, you know, such a piece of crap and wrecking the very people he claims to be helping. Um, but yeah, like it's just awful. I I can't stand Jim. <laughs> oh, there's more coming too, right? Like uh I think what's really exciting is that when when people think that Bitcoin's gonna take over the US dollar, they don't appreciate that the US dollar changed in seventies and then it changed mm. again just recently as a digital dollar. Currency changeovers, global stores of value generally are are last about 113 years, um, traditionally speaking. And I think they've been resetting the U.S. dollar. I don't think the U.S. dollar is going anywhere, folks. I think that Bitcoin is a better alternative, but I don't think that the world's going to see it for that tomorrow. And all this talk about an all-time highs next month, next week, I, I, I find it wildly obnoxious. You know, the idea that Bitcoin is going to become a world currency is going to be a three generational thing, right? That's going to take long periods of time. I think that we, we, we've got another 10 years of all this same crap where where different aspects of the market get interested. People start to look at gold and, you know, a lot mm. of people start to move that store of value over. We're seeing a lot of the equities and, and real estate values starting to move into Bitcoin. There's huge sectors of stores of value and they will just keep moving over billions and trillions of dollars at a time. But that's going to take yeah. 10 years. Of so I would, just, I would just think anyone that's getting too excited about selling next week, change your perspectives, change your timeline. This is some crackhead thinking. You know, anticipate keeping your Bitcoin for another 10 years, guys. Yeah, I just thought I'd share this, this chart that kind of reflects what um, good guy's been talking about here, that, 
you had a number of different European currencies that were the kind of major reserve currency um, globally. You know, you had the couple of Ita you know Italian city states that had currencies. The, the, the Spanish then had a had a major currency. The Dutch, the British, and then since then, of course, the the U.S. dollar. Some hopium here. People thinking Bitcoin is um, is this new reserve currency. Like they're getting a little bit ahead of themselves here. Um, I also think that's a good thing, though, because it means that, like, the, this kind of, oh, oh Bitcoin's going to get 6102. Is it really right? Like, the reason gold did was because gold was the reserve uh, currency asset, right? Where Bitcoin is not. So it's a good thing. It's a good thing. I think we'll see that, though, right? We'll see countries, a lot of countries are collapsing likely into the U.S. dollar right now. Um, you know, a lot of different African places, places in the Middle East, island states, they're losing control of their own currencies. They're falling into the U.S. dollar. And we see in places like South Africa, they're allowed to take $20 a month out of their bank account. They almost exclusively use American dollars in cash there just to bypass all the banking regulations. Um, and we will see some some currencies collapse back into things like gold or, or precious metals. But we will certainly see more countries like El Salvador collapsing into Bitcoin. Um, it's just going to be a lot less than people think. Yeah, I, I think that that I mean, I, I think that that's a fair point. And also, you know, it's going to be those economies that that kind of need, right, that kind of need Bitcoin the most. So those will be, you know, those will be the first ones. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's going to be look, it's going to be a long road. It's not going to be straight. It's going to have a lot of twists and turns. I think this is also why you shouldn't try an orange pill, everyone, because yeah. you want Bitcoin moving in in circular economies. That's that's why. I, protect, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the El Salvador story, but like it has some potential there because it's a small economy, and so you can have it it it, it the the wealth growing in that small economy. But like trying to trying to just orange pill like the odd restaurant, the odd like store in your local communities, it's kind of pointless. What you need to be doing is building relationships within within the Bitcoin space with like real real merchants who already get it and forming new new supply chains amongst already Bitcoiners. Yeah, it's um, not rocket science, right? But but it's the other way around, and a lot of a lot of people, you know, the 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 swan cells like etc. Like try and picture. Oh, I'm just gonna, just like uh, you know, orange orange pill my uh, my my beef guy. It's like no, you need to you need to buy the the product from the person who's already orange pilled. Like it doesn't 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 work if they're just gonna convert it back or if they're they're gonna hold it on wallet satoshi or something like this. It doesn't doesn't work. Like there's. There's a lot more work to, to, like to orange pill someone producing something you already like versus, like, buying from someone who's already orange pilled. Um, yeah. Anyway, we have one more story for for hoping this week because I didn't want to just finish it on talking about etf bullshit like yes. I'm, I'm, I'm i'm so I'm we're so, so tired ETF'd we're almost done at this point we're almost done yeah the, so the, the final story the etf stuff is uh, awful fiat link so there's a um what? a new lightning fiat standard i'm sorry for blinding all your eyes here i don't know if medium have a dark mode they, they better fucking have one but hey we don't have one today sorry guys uh so 
um, Fiat Link, and I'm going to read some of this. The road to the circular lightning economy inevitably passes through Fiat country. Converting Fiat and BTC back and forth is still part of life. However, that road could be a lot straighter and far less bumpy, which is why we're introducing Fiat Link, a standard exchange interface for lightning wallets and Bitcoin brokers. Fiat Link is a technology that lightning users and wallets and brokerages keenly need whether they know it or not. Most brokerages only support on-chain transfers, which take several minutes. Leveraging lightning would let them onboard users in a few seconds seconds users shun friction so accelerating the on and off ramps benefits them all crucially fiat link is an open api standard any wallet or app can access multiple brokers through a single interface and every participating broker gains access to traffic from all of those apps and wallets no one is bound to anyone else through proprietary APIs. The market for Fiat BTC conversions becomes more free and open, which is always a good thing. We're confident that Fiat Link is the standard Lightning has lacked, and to prove it, we're adding it to the Breeze SDK. With the SDK as a Fiat Link client, all the great app developers collaborating with us on the SDK will be able to access all of the participating brokers out of the gate. Both Fiat and Bitcoin are currencies, and whilst we have a clear favorite, Fiat Link lets them both flow in and out of Lightning, in and out of apps, and in and out of brokerages. Um, I'm not going to share any more there, but I will share the link in uh, the show notes. Um, cool. I, I do think um, we need more and more people using um, Lightning um, as um, an on and uh, well, on, I guess as an off ramp, like to to be withdrawing from exchanges, from brokerages using Lightning uh, for two reasons. One, it's faster, and two, uh, there's no UTXOs to track, guys. So it's good for your privacy. I gotta, I gotta say, that's actually pretty interesting, dude. Like, thank you very much for sharing that. That is awesome. I at first I was like, what? What a strange name, but. The reality is, and this is what I, I do appreciate, is that we can't ignore that there is this, you know, the, the, this very strongly intertwined link, right, between Bitcoin and fiat. Like, we can't pretend that there aren't on and off ramps. So if we don't actually start to try to address those, that part of it never gets, never gets better. Right. It just it never gets better. And and you could take a look at the traditional banking system for that type of stuff. Right. Because essentially they haven't fixed anything that wasn't broke, but they haven't made anything better. And the only reason that traditional banking has started to move, I believe, is because of Bitcoin. Now there's that meter stick right now. All of a sudden people know about now. I shouldn't say no. Now, all of a sudden, people are paying attention to things like transaction finality. People all of a sudden are paying attention to the fact that when they go and they make a purchase, they're asking for permission, right? Like that is becoming more and more regular knowledge and part of the actual thought of how is my money, how am I using my money and how is it being used? So anyways, I uh, really appreciate that. And I'm actually going to link, uh, I'm going to look more into that. I, I was shaking my head for a second there, and then I, it got me when it said open source. Yeah. And <laughs> unlike so many of these people claiming to be here to save Bitcoin recently, one of the things those companies, those mining pools, those operations haven't been doing is releasing that code open source. Now, what's funny is this is peer-to-peer. So if you want to release something, I'm not going to give you a hard time if it's open source because then the community can look at it, can audit it, can correct it and update it. And I think that's exactly what this space is about. So I'm happy to see that. 
I'm excited to see more open source technologies come to Lightning and Bitcoin in general. And if anyone tells you they're here to save Bitcoin and their stuff isn't Lightning, or sorry, isn't open source, you uh, you give them a punch in the nose for a good guy biker. Very well said. Very well said. Absolutely awesome. All right, guys, this is going to wrap up our episode this week. Don't forget to like and subscribe. This is all we ask for. Good guy, biker, a.k.a. bad guy, scooter. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. Oh, look at that. <laughs> awesome. All right. So how do the people get in touch with you? Because you've got a lot of services and you're very helpful and you're very resourceful. So how do people I'll get be, in touch I'll with be you? quick. 14 revenue streams in the space. I won't tell you about them. Basically, if you need any advice, if you need one-on-one -on -one support, um, if you've lost Bitcoins, if things are broken, um, if you're just looking for general business consulting, we do a ton of that. Help is free. Ask me questions anytime in a, a Twitter space or anything else of that nature. Leave comments in the video here on YouTube. I will reply to every single one of them if you guys have questions. I'm youtube.com slash goodguybiker. And, and since Elon banned my account with 20,000 followers, I am now bad guy scooter on uh on twitter uh, feel free to just dm me anytime and the last thing i'll say is my business partner and i have been inundated with cold calls from people being scammed in this space so please check in with friends and loved ones see if they've been investing cryptocurrency anywhere that's not a hardware wallet please reach out to them and if you need any help providing information auditing those websites or convincing those people that what they're involved with is actually a scam. I'm happy to do so free of charge. I'm happy to help you get the right resources to report that information so that if money has been taken from your loved ones, the people that have done so will come to justice when they're caught. And if they're, if they're arrested with assets, there is in fact a potential for your, your family members or friends to get their money back, but they have to follow the reporting processes. We have to check in with our family members. So many people in this space are being taken advantage of now. If you want to be smart, buy Bitcoin, put it in a stick, you win. That's it. If they're doing anything other than that, please help them out. Okay. Very so I well love said. you all get those inverters. Spend more time with your family. Stop looking at the goddamn charts and just hodl, guys. It's easy. You know, you're, they're going to try to get us to sell this year. They're going to offer you all sorts of money for your Bitcoin. You're going to have to say, you're going to have to say no. And that's, that's when you're going to win. Trust me. Very well said. Very well said. Don't forget to check out our audio-only episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. If you want to stream us sats, check us out on fountain.fm. You can stream us sats through Breeze. Walton, how do we end this? Family comes first. Sovereignty is a very close second. Fuckshitcoins.com. Thank you very much. We will see you next week.